Welcome to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo, your podcast for all things holistic health and wellness from a Christian worldview. Hey guys, today's topic is a fun one, and I wouldn't have said that probably four or five years ago. Reading is something that I think is super, super important, and I think Kate had a research article she read recently that showed that like a young, I, I think it was in third grade and eighth grade, they measured students like love or desire to read and how that was like the single, like one of one of the most like correlative factors to like success in the future. Yeah, it was capability of reading by third grade. So like your reading level and then in eighth grade, your love of reading was one of the largest determinants of future success more than any other marker. So not just like school, but like, uh, like you were uh, a capable individual in society and you were somebody who had... You had cognitive reasoning abilities. You could think for yourself, that kind of stuff. I am somebody who, during grad school and and college, I had to read. I was in, you know, I was a chemistry major, and then you know, in grad school, we had a lot of a lot of intense classes. So we were constantly having to read, you know, a hundred, couple hundred pages sometimes weekly. And and it's not like, hey, this is fun reading. It's like, hey, this is dense anatomical terms and Latin and things like that, that you takes a lot. You have to read, read it again and again and again and make up mnemonics. You can memorize the cranial nerves and all these fun things. And it's, it's okay. You just didn't develop a love of reading early on. I did not okay. develop a love of reading. That's okay. I was more of a physical being when I was younger. I liked to enjoy getting out and running around and playing sports. And so for me, I did this is something that I've had to cultivate and be really intentional about. And over the last three to four years is really when I've kind of begun to read for enjoyment and really dig deep. And we were making kind of lists of like some of the books that we've, been, we've read recently that we've really mm-hmm. enjoyed. And I was like, I actually had I had more than I thought on there. You know is, what? I nice. think this actually started a little bit earlier than you're remembering. Because in 2018 or 19, we did no phones in the bedroom anymore. And I think that that is when that you started reading. It was a dark, it was a dark day in the Seppo house. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> no, but that's when we started reading before Bedmore. Yeah. And I think that's where you started to kind of find certain books that really captivated you, like the Joel Rosenberg series. That's true. Okay, yeah. So maybe, maybe it's more like the last like five, six years I've begun to make that more priority. And yeah, we we one of the and you've heard us if you've listened to any of our topics or our podcasts. We try to have our cell phones not in our bedroom and since we moved now we keep them in the bedroom but far away from us and, and we put them on airplane mode and no the, wi-fi airplane no, mode. Wi- no wi-fi that's a whole other topic and we have a podcast on it actually but if you're somebody that's kind of struggling with what book should i read sometimes going to the library or bookstore can just feel like wow i have so many options i don't know what will be worth my time we just wanted to share a little bit about what we've read like there's going to be a wide variety of books here and hopefully you can find something that sounds interesting to you and you would be able to yeah enjoy sitting down with a good book and a good hot cup of coffee yeah well and and so i'll start too because i have a i have a theory i'm not sure if i could call this a theory but i have like a mindset of reading something as a christian what a book that i constantly am reading is the bible right that's just bar none right so this this list isn't going to include a lot of that but i will say I like to have kind of three different books that I have at my disposal, mm-hmm. and one is always scripture. Second one is always like kind of like a, a discipleship book or like a self development book, and that kind of that vein of like this is I'm I'm reading this to edify and to maybe even make a change 
And the third one is a fun book. You got to have some enjoyable books in there. So my list, these are, you know, all those. I My first one is I like to have a unique way to read the Bible. So I've been around, you know, Christians and and, and the faith, uh, Christianity my whole life. And I've had a lot of people go, oh, sometimes I just, I just randomly open the Bible. I've had somebody go, I'll just literally let the Bible fall open and wherever mm-hmm. it falls, I read that, you know, one or two verse, chapters, maybe even 10 verses. And that's how I read. And that's how they do life. And you know what? I'm not sure I would recommend that for the whole time you're you're alive. I think it's good to get through the scripture, but one of the things that I've done since I was since I was in high school, which is it's a lot longer than I I think. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm older than I think." For probably close to 15 to 20 years, I've tried to read the Bible through in a year. Now, I haven't done it every year. I think I've probably done it about 12 to 15 times so far, which sounds like a lot, but like my mom has like done that for years and then Mm -hmm. even this last year i changed it up and said hey i'm just gonna read through the new testament this year and take a take a smaller chunk but really dive dive deeper and so like that's something that you should always be doing if you're if you're a man or woman of faith like you cannot you cannot tell me that's not an important part and that's a crucial part of i and i really think i strongly feel that there is a discipline to going through the bible cover to cover reading through an entire chapter an entire book by an entire section and gleaning all of the wisdom that God has pulled and not just isolating verses or chapters. Because I think when you do isolated scripture, you can get into some really hairy theology. So yeah. there, I love there, there's a phrase, there's a phrase uh, in, in, in ministry. If you're exegeting or you're, you're de- determining what the meaning of a scripture or a verse is, is context is king. Right. And so mm-hmm. finding context is, not just in the verse, but in that chapter, in that book, and in, in similar books about similar periods, and even other authors. There's, there's, there's context is king. So you can take things out of context, but if you understand the, the context it was written in, to whom it was written mm-hmm. to, that gives you greater a greater clarity. Mm-hmm. So We're digressing. Yeah, we, are, we read but, scripture mm-hmm. every year yeah. through. Well, I guess I have not been doing the whole Bible every year, yeah. but I've been going cover to cover. Saying, you don't have to do it in a year, but like like this year, I just started doing uh, a different version of reading the Bible. And I'm reading, I'm going to read um, the Old Testament once, Psalms twice, and the New Testament twice. Mm-hmm. There's other versions where you can just read things chronologically, which is really unique because you can kind of compare. Like you'll you'll read some of the some of like a book of Chronicles and Kings. You might read Job before certain things. It's uh, anyways. Again, it, there's there's ways to make read your it Bible. different. Read your the, Bible. The, the rest of this podcast is obviously outside of Scripture. That yeah. takes priority in everybody's life. <clears throat> yes. So one of the books that I just read when we were on vacation in Florida was one called Deep Nutrition. And you've heard us talk a lot about just being careful with how much seed oils or sugar that you're consuming. And this book did a really awesome deep dive into the physiological process of why those are not great products for you to be consuming, what they do to the elasticity of your arteries and why they can lead to heart disease, along with all of the other chronic issues that we have. It was written by an MD and obviously we have a chiropractic background, so a lot of those anatomical and physiological terminology just kind of flowed pretty naturally for me. But if you're not as into medical terminology, you might find it a bit dense. But I really thought the overall concept was really, really good, really well laid out. And it was kind of interesting because they talk a lot about how the saturated fat theory of heart disease came about from a man named Ansel Keys. And then I was reading about the Mediterranean diet in a magazine, trying to like tout him as this like amazing person when this book was like, eh, his research was a little bit sketchy at best and here's why. And 
Here's why animal products actually are really good for your health and really why margarines and seed oils are much more detrimental and a low-fat diet can be much more detrimental to your overall cardiac health. So it's an alternative approach to what probably mainstream would promote as a healthy diet, but I, I found it very intuitive and I really enjoyed enjoyed the book. Well, that's another thing too. It's, it's, I think it's important to read and be aware of text and information that maybe you don't necessarily agree with. And this isn't as kind of counter, and counter- weighed against other research, yeah, right? It, it, it's countercultural right now because you know everybody has heard of like cancel culture and echo chambers, and you know social media can be. Oh, I, I'm only friends with people who think like me, so that's all. I, that's all I hear. That's the only content I get. And one thing I think I really am grateful for of, of my faith background and my chiropractic background is that they both have taught me to not be afraid or shy away from countercultural uh, topics or conversations. Give them a fair shake. Yeah, give them a fair shake and and, and, and digest it and, and pray and ask God to give you discernment. And I think chiropractic school taught you and I both to kind of really approach things very as unbiased as we can and just say, hey, what is what is what does the Bible what does the body naturally do? What does the Bible tell us about how our body is created? And then how can we find this mm-hmm. does it does, does this carry merit? Does it not? And so yeah, so yeah, don't don't shy away from reading things that are are different than what you uh, typically expect. So what book are you reading right now that you are really enjoying? Right now I'm reading a couple that I really like, but the, the, the one that's been really uh, impactful the most is it's by um, a pastor named John Mark Comer. Um, he's out of Portland, Oregon. It's a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it's been, it's really cool. Um, his story, I won't dive too deep into it. He was a church, uh, he was a church planner, started a church. It grew like crazy before he knew it. He was, he was the head pastor, the, you know, and slash CEO of this giant mega church that had multiple campuses. And he found himself kind of really tied up and, and just r- burning the candle at like 10 ends and mm-hmm. was just like, he was he write he's a writer obviously so he was writing books and he was traveling and speaking uh, constantly just going and he he basically just said the first chapter he's like I just didn't like who I was becoming mm-hmm. and he goes which is stupid because you can absolutely change who are you who you who you will be by what you're doing right now and so kind of the whole book just dives into like why really it's our cell phones and and social media that has we've we've just give so much time to to just meaningless scrolling and how you know some of these devices and these 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 applications are designed by psychologists with like with a dopamine hit in mind like mm-hmm. we get likes or we get views or notifications that make us feel good so we keep scrolling and we keep mindlessly you know it's it's built to be addictive and so it's just really challenging me on like what does it looked like to truly be an apprentice of Jesus and to be a follower of Jesus. And he's a, a passage uh, in Matthew, that, you know, where Jesus talks about his, like t- those who are weary and laden, like come take mm-hmm. my yoke, my yoke, my burden easy is easy. My yoke is light. And that's like the framework for the whole book is okay. Jesus tells us like following him, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. But life's still going to be kind of crazy. But how do we live that way in light of all that? And so it's been really challenging. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's a really easy read, and I'm reading it with a, with through a bunch of guys in a, in a men's study. And we were we were going to read it, a bunch of it all at once. And then somebody very wisely just said, "Hey, maybe we don't <laughs> hurry through the book on not hurrying." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." So I'll give Iggy a shout out. <laughs> Iggy, that was you, man. That was that was that was that was great wisdom. But yeah, really, that's, do you remember way way back? 
when we went to Jimmy John's to get a sandwich and there was this little story on the wall about a little tiny fisherman that was catching enough fish for his family for yep, the day. Yep. And then the American businessman comes in and says, oh, you need to expand your um, line of production so you can buy a bigger boat and catch more fish and sell it all. Basically, so at the end of the day, you can end up retiring back to where you were very happily living. Living simply, yeah. Yes, and I think so many of us sacrifice our families, our relationship with the Lord, our health, all in the name of following the American dream just to get back to this life of simplicity at the end or to spend it all on yeah. your health in and, the and end. At the end of the day, too, again, you can't take back your your years right now. And I, I've, I've had a lot of friends who've owned businesses who've sacrificed marriages and ultimately time with their family, their kids uh, to be more successful financially. And, I, and not that I'm not trying to throw shade or, or, or shame at anybody, but that's really something that financially, I, yes, I want to be financially, you know, healthy. Be rich in the things that matter. Yeah. And, and for, for us right now, that's time with each other. It's time with our kids. I want my daughter to, to enjoy spending time with me and like to, to savor the moments where I get to spend time and take her out on little dates and mm-hmm. stuff. And so that's more that's important. That's good. So the next book that I read, it's also a kind of a healthy diet book, but it was called Fast Like a Girl. And I was really interested to dive into it because all of the medical research that has been done on intermittent fasting has all been done on men. And I have enjoyed intermittent fasting, but the thought process is that females have a very, very different hormonal cycle that they need to be cognizant of. And is fasting going to put too much stress on a woman's um, physiology during childbearing years? And so if your hormones, you know, if you're between the ages of, you know, when you start your first period, let's say 15 or so through menopause, you have very cyclical beautiful waves of hormones and physiological processes that the Lord has designed your body to go through and does fasting put too much stress on them? Because obviously we live in a world that has already inundated us with stress, whether that's work or diet, exercise and all of that. And so this was a doctor that really believes in the power of fasting, but the timing of it really matters. And if you're going to do a longer fast, you know, doing it and timing that with your monthly cycle so that your hormones at the point that you're fasting more mirror a man's because testosterone thrives with fasting. Men almost always do better with fasting no matter what time of the month. That's right. But females will do better during certain seasons. And so if you were wanting to do more than, let's say, a 12 to 14 hour fast, this doctor was recommending waiting to different points in your monthly cycle. And I just thought it was really interesting because she's collecting some of the first research on fasting for women. I love that. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kay Seppo. If you have any questions or topic ideas, you can reach out to the Daily Well Podcast on our website, myhopefm.net. Just click podcast. I feel like I'm a fraud because the rest of my books are like, uh, there. Kate has all these really intense like books of who she, what she's reading. I read a lot slower than Kate, so in the time it takes for her to read like ten books from the library, I'm like reading like one or two. But one of the things I've done, and 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 since the last like five years, as I realized in high school, I had to read stuff, you know, like literary classics, and I read them, but I didn't really read them with like okay this is this is a classic for a reason i probably should memorize this like mm-hmm. i didn't do that and so books like you know fahrenheit 459 animal farm what's the one of the uh the boys on the island lord of the flies yeah lord of the flies like stuff like that i 
it was kind of, it was weird because I started reading this during COVID and it kind of, it there was a lot of parallels in our society. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? But <laughs> it's funny because I think, you know, even it, it harkened back to in like, uh, I think it's Song of Solomon and, and Lamentations, book of Lamentations where he talks about like, there's a season for everything. Like life is cyclical. There's things throughout history that have repeated themselves. And again, the phrase that, you know, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it type thing. Kind of like shook me because a lot of those books were well, written. Like, sounds like Ecclesiastes is nothing new under the sun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's it's very true. If we don't ever learn from history, and a lot of these, a lot of these books were written kind of post-World War II. We're in this like utopian society now where things are bouncing back, but we saw really, 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 really what we can say is pure evil in the Nazi movement. And so I think it's it was it was kind of an interesting, people are forecasting what happens, what would happen if that, if like World War II happened a different way. And like what what would have gone on and what, what was kind of, you know, I'm not trying to get political, but it's just, it was interesting. And for me, I really appreciated going through this, some of those literary classics now in light of a different thing. And so that's what I'm reading. I've also been reading, you know, I read a lot of research on like, I follow a lot of different social media accounts from different like movement specialists. And so research from like functional movement screening, like FMS stuff, or even the book Supple Leopard, which is on like lifting, like strength lifting techniques, that kind of stuff. I really, really enjoy the next one that I just read was called The Tech Wise Family. It was also written by a pastor. And I just I thought it did some great information and practical next steps for what it would look like to just put really healthy boundaries around technology and allow it to be a fruitful product in your home and not one that just takes too much from your family. Yeah, I, I've read I read The Silmarillion recently, which was the culmination of me finishing the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Again, that, that it was it was challenging, but it was kind of a, a bucket list check that I'm like, I've read that. That now it's dense it's been a lot of fun and it gives a ton of tolkien has a lot of he alludes a lot to spiritual allegory which was huge in the silmarillion there's too much to dive into so if you haven't read that i would encourage you to to read it it takes some time and take it with bite with bite-sized chunks not the whole thing all at once because if you do it and you don't understand it it's it can be a, a lot the next book that i took to florida with us it's kind of random but it was called the midwife of auschwitz and I don't remember where I saw this as a recommended book, but I thought, you know what? Weirdly, while I'm pregnant, it just, it spoke to me. So I checked it out. It really is a heartthrob, especially if you're pregnant. Maybe not the best to read while pregnant, but it's all about this midwife that was a Christian who was helping Jews and got put in Auschwitz camp because of that. And she actually delivered over 3,000 babies in Auschwitz. And I just thought that was so powerful because one, I mean, just being in that season was an absolute testament to the limits of human strength and endurance to just live through that period, let alone birth a child. And she had a 100% live birth success rate in Auschwitz. And I I've learned a lot through diving into books about World War II. It gives me a lot of sympathy for how people have gotten to that point. But it, in an encouraging way, I felt like sometimes people can be a bit negative about the birthing process. And it was just a powerful reminder that the Lord has designed your body as a woman to birth babies. In a small way, I found it quite an encouragement in this season as I'm gearing up for labor and delivery. And the book that I'm currently reading right now is called Old Fashioned on Purpose. And there's some really great research in there, but it's really just about this melding of current technology and um, tools that we have available to us, but still doing things with your hand the old fashioned way and just how you can maybe find a beautiful balance of both in your home. I talked about earlier how 
in a different episode, doing things with your hands along with physical activity is some of the best remedy for mental health and depression and anxiety. A lot of that research was actually pulled from this book. There's some really cool studies linked. And she just gives some really great, practical, easy to implement steps in terms of how to just bring a little bit more simplicity into your life. And I guess one more series that we've read in the past. So if you're somebody that really needs a highly engaging book to enjoy reading, definitely check out the Joel Rosenberg series. It's not a series. Joel Rosenberg is an author. He's got several different series. That That's you can true. Read. Anything by him we've read. Well, this is how it usually goes. Kate reads something and goes, oh, Andrew, you'll love this. And then she reads it and then I read it. And I, I will say that's definitely a recommendation. He, he's a phenomenal author. He has like, what, four or five different series that, I think so. that we've read. And they're all... So I mean, good. Yeah, one's a Marcus Riker series. It follows like a CIA slash like Secret Service former agent who now is like caught up in international espionage and you're not he's kind of struggling with his and they're all based from a christian point of view which is really cool so you get a chance to see him tie in his faith he has another one where he follows like a reporter he has one that he follows um end of the world kind of stuff with um it's called the first one's called the 12th imam yeah isn't the isn't a cia operative in that one I, I think it is. I, I think he's a CIA operative. And then he also was, he's the one who, who has a, he has a uh, book, just a, a solo one called Escape from Auschwitz, where he takes like former, I guess, Holocaust survivors and kind of pieces together what could have been, it's a, it's a, it's a, what is it called? Fictional, uh, historical fiction. Yes. So it's, it's written about people who've, who did Any escape. Any event in the book is an actual historical event, but the character names in conversations are. Yeah. So it's stuff that could have happened that, that follows along with escapees and their, and people who survived the camps and wrote about the horrors that happened at the camp. So it's really cool, yeah. uh, gripping stuff that sheds a light on, on that. And he kind of, you know, did research and, and he, he's, he's Jewish himself. So he has a very strong tie to it. Uh, great, great author. Yes. Um, yeah, I could recommend yeah. a lot of his stuff. This episode got longer than we anticipated, but I hope it was encouraging to you. I hope you found something in this episode that you would like to read. And if you have not already given us a rating or review on this podcast, we would be so grateful if you would help us out there. Yeah, and follow along on our social media. Again, we have a, a new YouTube uh, page that we just started called The Daily Well Collective. A lot of fun stuff. It's not just the same stuff here. It's different. So yeah, check it out. We'd, we'd love to hear what you guys want and hopefully we can keep bringing you some great content like this. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo. We pray that you're able to take a piece of information back to use for your health journey. And if you'd, and if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at myhopefm.net. Just click podcast. Podcast.